time to check in with the play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. David, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Very good. Are you uh, coming from the uh, confines of the van? Yes. I mean, I'm really consistent. That you are. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm at the van. You're going to have to pick up fishing or something so you can spend some time in that van in the summer. Yeah, I mean, the problem in the summer is I'll very rarely be um, in cell coverage, and um, so you won't be able to find me, but that's okay. Yeah, no, me and the van are very close right now. We get along well. There's no one in the van that bothers me. I have my meals. I have my food. It's kind of awesome. This I have is, my frosted mini wheats. This, this is like the first step of, uh, this is like step one of 10 of you, like, retreating to some, uh, you know, RV pad in New Mexico away from everybody with a tinfoil hat. Like, I'm a little nervous about this. Have you read Into the Wild? Uh, no, it's actually in my Audible queue, but uh, I've downloaded it. I haven't listened to it yet, though. So I would suggest it, one, because it's awesome. And then, two, I would just share that with you. When I read it, it touched a little closer to home than I was comfortable with. Is the only thing I would tell yeah. you. Like it, it, it rung, it rung somewhat true to me. Um, so yeah. But the other thing is, like, we live in the most beautiful state in the union, arguably. Like Carolina's probably got a pretty good run at us with their mountains, and they have water. We don't like Kauai's got it. Like, why wouldn't I just like work out of a van in the middle of a beautiful mountain setting that might actually have chairlifts? I feel like you're turning into Francis McDermott on us. Nomadland. Yeah. I'll send you a picture of where I'm talking to you from. You know, but, you know, headspace and calm and all these things are in right now. Like, this is my version. All right. Salty lock happens. Like, you guys all see it. I got to come off salty lock every now and then. If this is what if this what helps salty lock getting into, you know, out of control lock, then I guess that's okay. Yeah, I'm just, right. I'm We're just self-managing ourselves. I just I don't want you to be the guy that just, you know, all of a sudden decides to just sell off everything and then just travel the country yeah, in a van. Like it'd be kind of an awesome story, wouldn't it? Uh, like you don't want in, that, but like you really only need me for entertainment once a week. And you don't really care about anything more than that. So Oh, that's really not that's true. <laughs> so um, so really like if you imagine if I did do that, like if I just like checked out, disappeared, lived in a van. Like, you guys would have a lot of on-air segments of high-quality entertainment just because of it. Well, we had a tech I mean, that did, did that, and it didn't summer. go really well. He took off on us. And oh, yeah, Ben Russell. That's we, kind of the Ben sight, Russell story. Yeah. Yeah. We don't care about him anymore. <laughs> it'd be the he's, same with um, you. Still, if you left, still, it'd be hands, like, no, darn hands, it. Hands, hands, he's still around. He works for us still. Oh, he's he's doing jazz games. But that's the thing. He's not... Yeah, he's, it would be nice, you know, that thing, he, he came back to us because, you know, once you let it go, right. then they probably come back. Right. Anyway. All right. This is us stalling because we don't really want to talk about the game last <laughs> night. Why not? What do you uh, see? What, uh, break us through. What, what, what's your take on that on that game? Well, I mean, I think there's – okay, so we joked about this, and then, like, it's actually happened, and everyone's having a hard time handling it. Like, we weren't going to win 96% of our games. Right, like, yeah, you weren't winning twenty of twenty-one again. You weren't winning forty of forty-two. Like, it's super cool that like you could go to Basketball Reference and have us ranked as like the fifth best team in NBA history. But did any of us really think we're the fifth best team in NBA history? 
Uh, no. No. So, like, okay, so we lost some games, and I think we've had some considerable slippage. We're not playing nearly as well. We're not nearly as tight. We're Our first quarters aren't good. Our defense has been pretty mediocre for a while. And so, like, it's not – but that, none of those things are, like, surprising to me. Mm-hmm. You're in the midst of an exhausting season. You're – you're we're running this momentum avalanche of of greatness that kind of wore out and now you've kind of come back to reality and so if we can you know win 60 percent of our games the rest of the way we'll probably be the one seed so i mean that's kind of the standard and we're probably you know there's a real chance we're going to close the year close the break losing three out of four and then we just got to figure it out but it's not you know we weren't very good last night but and it was you know the first time we looked kind of disengaged since the brooklyn new york stuff but most teams in the NBA have looked disengaged sometime in the last 25, 26 games. Um, you know, the Clippers are what lost are three and three in their last six. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, that's, this is just the reality of where we are. We haven't had injuries yet for, for any considerable time compared to most teams. So we've been very fortunate in that regard, but no, we weren't very good last night. I don't think we can kid ourselves and we shouldn't overplay the final five minute surge, you know, that, Oh, we made it close and new Orleans almost collapsed, which they frankly did. But, and we almost pulled it off, which was crazy. Uh, but it, it also isn't catastrophic in any way, shape, or form that we're off a little bit right now. 74 points in the paint last night, David. Is that going to be a concern? A big man that could do work in the middle? I know Zion's unique, but was that a concern how many stop, points were scored in the middle? Stop right there. Stop, stop at that sentence. I've never seen anything like it, Hans. I've never seen anything like it. Okay. I, I mean, it's incredible. I, I haven't either. It's, it's pretty hard to stop. I mean, Hans, Hans, he's the size of the largest defensive end you blocked in your entire career. Right? So, like, Michael Strahan or who, like, who's the biggest guy you ever blocked who was a defensive end, not a tackle? I didn't, I didn't like, who, deal with the ton of ends. Oh, man. Yeah, but, well, yeah, I had to go every day against Dwight Freeney, but he wasn't that big. Dwight was only Right, all right, so Dwight Freeney's probably one of the greatest – I mean, I've been in this league for 20 – I mean, I hate to admit how old I am, so I've been in the league for 30 years, um, almost, probably, close. N- nothing like it. I mean, LeBron's the greatest athlete I've ever seen in my whole life. That's pretty easy, except for now. I'm not sure LeBron is the greatest athlete I've ever seen. Really? Like, this is, this is insane. He's 280 pounds, and he moves like a ballet dancer. 6'6", 280. With a second jump – that is as good. The best second jump I've ever seen in 30 years in league was Carmelo Anthony. When he first came in league, Carmelo could second jump like nobody ever could. This guy's second jump is just as good at 280 pounds. I mean, I can pull up all the numbers. Bam out of Bayou, all-star, wilts when Rudy Gobert is around, right? LaMarcus Aldridge, all-star, wilts when Rudy Gobert is around. Like every single one, Joel Embiid gets a sore back. I mean, he might play tomorrow, but who knows? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like these these guys are like... Zion Williamson is unfazed by the greatest defensive player in the world. Unfazed. In fact, not even unfazed. Actually, I think has the, he, he has the answer. Like, if we get New Orleans in a playoff series, it would be real. I mean, we hammered them twice this year. So that's the other one, by the way. Like, you know, we're not, you don't beat, like, good teams three times in a row. You beat them two out of three if you play them three times. That, like, that's the definition. You're a good team. They're a good team. You're better than them. You beat them two out of three. You that's don't fair. beat them three out of three. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, um, so there's really just nothing about yesterday that's disconcerting. The, only, the thing that's just so incredible is, like, 
LaMelo Ball and Zion Williamson are just amazing. Not Lonzo, LaMelo. Like, these guys that just come into the league, they're incredible. I mean, they're just truly amazing. Like, LaMelo is great. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And, and Zion is he's the worst defensive player I've seen in a long time. But, like, he'll figure that out maybe, like I assume. But, like, you know, I'm not quite sure how Steven Adams and, and, and Zion fit together. And, like, I'm not entirely sure what you do to build a team around. Um, Zion, I'm, I'm really not quite sure why David Griffin didn't sell the house to go get Miles Turner. It seems like he would have been, like, the perfect. Like, you put Miles Turner on th- that team, they're incredible. But they have no three-point shooting, and they're the best offensive team in the NBA over the last 11 games, which actually statistically does not surprise me. It showed up in all my numbers. But every expert said, oh, well, they have no floor spacing. Floor spacing doesn't matter when you have Zion. He's incredible. So what do you do? I mean, what do you, what do you, because they are going to pick up momentum. I actually don't think you um, – I don't – if he learns how to pass, I don't think he's guardable. <laughs> no, I really don't. So – you can't stop him on the drive. We shaded him right, and he's a- he has that answer already. Like, we, we looked really bad a bunch of times last night because we shaded him right because he didn't want to get him on his left hand because if he gets his left hand, you're dead. And he's now, got t- he's now got two dribbles to the rack right-handed from 15 feet. Like, that, there was a, two plays last night where it only took him two dribbles from 15 feet to get to the rim right-handed. Well, most guys in this league can dribble twice with one hand, even their bad hand. Like, it's actually, if you, there's a, like, there's a big differentiation in the league between three and four and five dribble players and one and two dribble players. So the fact that he can reach the rim from 17 feet, 15 feet with two dribbles on his right hand means he's really become virtually unguardable. You've now got to play him straight up. Then he's getting to his left hand. Now you're dead. So the only thing you can maybe do is shade him to his right, then jump to his right side and force him to spin back like he likes to with his left hand and then bring help and force him into turnovers because he does turn it over. And we did that a few times. Conley got him once. But if he can figure out how to pass before that happens, it's over. So you have to bring a second guy. He's playing straight up at 15 feet. He's into the paint. You can't stop him. He's taken 23 shots all year outside of the paint. That's it. 23. The whole year. 23. That's incredible. The entire season out of the paint. But he's still averaging 27 points a night? Right, and he's averaging 30 in February. And I know we're March, but he was pretty good in March last time I checked because he was dominant last night. Um, So I don't know. I don't think he's guardable. Like, there are players in this league. You know, LeBron was not guardable for a long time. He might be a little guardable now. But he he went through a whole period of times that was unguardable. James was unguardable. Zion's going to be unguardable. I want to say that the average height and weight of an offensive tackle in the NFL is probably somewhere close to 6'5", maybe closer to 6'6", and probably 315, 320. He's 6'6". Yeah. Actually, he's listed at 6'7", and 2 inches. Uh, or, sorry, 6'7", and 2 meter, two, 2 millimeters. That's what he's, he's listed at official. 6'7", um, <laughs> and 284 pounds right now. That right, is so most of your offensive freakish. linemen could be that, right? Most every one of your offensive linemen could get to 284. They, right, they pump themselves up to get to 320, right? Yeah. You, you add extra weight to be at 320, yes. Yeah. All right, so, there, so have you seen, could any of them jump no. a second well, time like he could? Could any no. of them move like him? No, not at 320, no, no, no. So the really interesting thing on Zion 
is I've done all this research, and the body does not at 280 pounds handle the NBA. So if you, but what's interesting about it is it's always been guys that are bigger. So they're 6'10", 280, Al Jefferson, they tear their ACL, right? Like um, Eddie Curry for, I don't know if you remember him, but Chicago, number one or two pick, falls apart. Yao Ming falls apart. Shaq is actually the the most, um, the highest amount of games played potential in their career for a guy who weighed over 280 pounds is Shaq. Um, Nikola Pekovic for um, Minnesota, gone early. Like you just go run down the list. 280 pounds, you can't survive. The other one is 6'10 or more and under 220, you can't survive. Like those are, that's like the spectrum. So over 270, under 220, like you just can't do it. The league's either too physical or too fast, and you have to get up and down the floor. So there is the, there is the concern, in fact, on Zion of whether or not the body actually holds together. Um, but his movements are just so light and so feathery and so like almost like there's strings attached to him that it makes you think he's not actually putting his body under terrible burden out there right now. It's interesting because, you know, Carl Malone, and and again, you have to take things, Carl, I love Carl, but you have to take things he says with a grain of salt, but says, you know, he needs to, he needs to trim up a little bit. Um, I, but when Hmm. you move like that and you have that kind of size, I don't know if you want to give up that kind of size when you're, when you've got the speed to go along with it. So it's kind of interesting for the betterment of his career. Do they try to trim off maybe 10, 15 pounds? Well, it was a little bit like Emmanuel Moutier, right? Like oh, Emmanuel Moutier call. slimmed down at one point last year and wasn't as good. Yeah. Like he actually, his game is, he can't shoot. You know, he's out of the league now, but so he's not Zion. But um, but he actually, his advantage was going to be his size. So, no, I'm with you on that. I mean, I, you know, he also, I mean, the only concern on Zion is the Jabari Parker phenomena where Jabari Parker was running around in a body that was very clearly going to get heavier and when it got heavier than his eight, then he tore all his ligaments, and now he has no pop. And he either has no pop because he got heavier or because of all the torn ligaments. And so that's the, you know, that's the concern. But if Zion doesn't have some catastrophic lower body injury, you know, knock on wood, that that doesn't happen, um, the van doesn't have a lot of wood, so you guys need to do it for me. Uh, um, the I got you. you know, he's really there. You go, David. Thank you. Um, good my head was the only thing available um <laughs> you know he's a revolutionary player we just keep having them like and we refer to him like these you know once in a generation but like they keep coming like lebron like lebron was the first, you know was michael george michael johnson excuse me magic johnson in carl malone's body you know that like lebron and carl are the exact same size yeah six nine 256 pounds yeah like and remember, we thought, like, Carl was the most yoked guy we've ever seen in our entire life, and it was superhuman. Like, that's just LeBron, and he's now moving that way and passing and doing those things. Um, the other one, we didn't see it last night. This was interesting that we didn't see the Stan Van Gundy. I, I, I wish I had a relationship with him where I could text him and find out why. Um, they didn't run Point Zion. What they've been doing to most teams for periods of the game is, and think about this for a second, is running Zion off Lonzo Ball or J.J. Redick picks. Okay? Okay. So that would now be Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell coming to the ball. They set a pick on the guy, Royce O'Neal, or whoever's guarding Zion. And I think I know why they didn't run it. We can get it to a second, but let's just play through this for a second. What do you do? Oh. 
Because if Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell tries to guard Zion Williamson, <laughs> there's constitutional amendments against that. Looking like a squirrel under a diesel tire. <laughs> right? Yeah. Great call. It's a very, very like, specific what do you do? Yeah. analogy there. Uh, 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 you, uh, you give up you, 74 points yeah, what in you, the paint. What you do is you make a business decision and you get the hell out of the way. That's what you do. Right. <laughs> so the reason they didn't run that, I think, is because we were playing Rudy as like a one-man zone last night trying to come over and help Zion. And if Zion was coming from the top, then Rudy would be able to be there and would have bothered bothered him. And they took that they we took that away by the way we were playing. Had Rudy been guarding Zion at any point in the night, I think we would have seen it. Instead, to Van Gundy's credit, and this is where Zion's so great, they moved Zion down to like mid angle right, brought Rudy's man to the other side of the floor. So Rudy had to come across the rim to try to get to Zion in time. Was late all night long. And then Zion showed a few times when he came from the top the ability to bounce it by whoever the defender was, which was scary. The five assists last night by Zion are terrifying for the rest of the league. Because if that – watch that number. If that number moves to six and seven and eight, it's over. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of passes right there on the baseline when, when the Jazz were throwing bodies at him. He had a couple that were – you know, streak and baseline that were really good. One was a no look and, and found its mark perfectly. And Van Gundy has set it up well. They're one read passes. What young players struggle with is a secondary reader reading a second defender away from the ball. Sure. So what he's got Zion doing is he's got one read to make, which is, does that big come to me? He does, I drop it by him. Yep. It's a single read. It's a, it's a play that most guys can make. If he adds to that, then there's real trouble. So the Utah Jazz go from one big to now Joel Embiid, who's averaging 30 points a night and 11 rebounds a night. and. He's had a 50-point game the other night against Chicago, had a 42-point game the other night against Cleveland. This guy is playing extremely well, too. What kind of game are we going to get between Philly and the Jazz before they head into the All-Star break? Um, I, think it should, you know, I think it should be a very um, good game. They, they exposed our, kind of one of our weaknesses in the last matchup, which was when you have two wing players – that can go one-on-one, we don't have two wing defenders that can defend one-on-one, right? So they had Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, and Royce was guarding Tobias Harris for, for a good deal of that. And then, um, and then they, and then they were also had Ben Simmons kind of, you know, getting into the basket and we couldn't, we really didn't have an answer for that. Um, and then Ben Simmons went to go get his when we were up by a lot because he had to make sure he had a good press conference yep. afterwards. And he did. Um, so he went and pigged for a while and got his points. Um, it'll be different if Embiid's in the game because it doesn't give him quite as much space. And Embiid's, unless I've, I haven't checked the numbers since we played him, but unless his three-point shooting has been hot recently, it's not been great this year. So that's um, – but they're really good. I mean, they have the, you know, this is the all-star coaches going head-to-head in the final game before the all-star break, right? This is the best record of the East, the best record of the West. What's so interesting is they're the two best records, and neither, no one – thinks either of them is going to play in the final. Right? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 It's true. I mean, it's very uh, true. Like, you, like, I think the 76ers and the Jazz will go to the break with the best records in the NBA. Both of them would be your third pick to win, the, win their conference. Yep. Brooklyn and L.A., probably the top picks. Clippers and, what, Milwaukee maybe over yeah, Philly? Yeah, number two. I would, I would think so, yeah. <laughs> 
David, appreciate it, man. Always a pleasure. Enjoy the van. Enjoy the skiing, and uh, we'll catch up again here soon. We miss you, David. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm getting more skiing in today, but it, my last run was so good. Now I really have very difficult life decisions to make. No. Blowing off various things or skiing. Oh wait, that's an easy decision. Okay, see you. <laughs> Bye, David. David Locke, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.